Your ears are ringing, your head pounds. You cough, rough and hard. Opening your eyes, you see the rock ceiling. You lay on your back, confused and dazed. You try sit up. Pain soars from the tip of your toes up through your body. You manage to half sit up. You see from your knees down, it is submerged in debris of rock, timber and bent metal. Blood pools out from the debris. You cough again. It's dusty and dim, but you can make out some areas. Where you once stood with your workers is now rock rubble. You call out for help. No response comes. You call louder. Creaks and rumbles surround you. Your head pounds again. You slump back onto the ground. You play back what happened. You remember hearing someone yell to run and then a roar of what sounded like thunder. A blast hit you and then you were in darkness. You call out again. A faint response comes. You're pretty sure it says trapped. You cough again, this time taking up blood. The world is becoming dark. Your body is so cold. This was the Manoa mining disaster. And this is the good, the bad and the pure evil. Friday, December 9th, 1907. 420 men officially entered two mines in Manoa, West Virginia. Although it's believed more went in with workers, often taking their children and relatives to work at the mine with them. At about half 10 in the morning, an explosion would happen, killing nearly all inside the mine instantly. The blast would cause damage to not only inside the mine, but also the surface. The ventilation system was destroyed, preventing fresh air entering the mine. Many rail cars and equipment were also destroyed or damaged. Inside the mine, the timber supports for the mine structures all collapsed. An official cause was not found, but it's believed by those who investigated that an electric spark or a miner's open flame lamp ignited coal dust or methane gas. Two mines where the explosion happened were number six and number eight in Fairmount Coal Company. Once the explosion happened, time was of the essence to bring people out alive. The first rescuers would enter the mine just 25 minutes after the explosion. The biggest threat to them were fumes like black damp, which is a mix of unbreathable gases left after oxygen is removed from the air. This mix would be of nitrogen, carbon dioxide and water vapour. White damp was another fume of threat. It was a mix of gases formed by combustion of coal producing carbon monoxide. At the time, breeding equipment wasn't great and made entering the now collapsed and poisoned mine pretty much impossible. Rescuers could only go in 15 minutes at a time. To get more time in the mine and to try protect themselves, the miners covered their faces with jackets and cloths. 
This would have kept them protective from particular matter, but was no use in oxygen-free areas. The toxic gas problems were compounded by the structure damage from the explosion. Mines needed ventilation vans to prevent gas buildup, but the explosion at Manoa destroyed these vents. Unable to clear the mine of gases meant the rescue attempts were quickly changed into a recovery mission. From the wreckage, one Polish miner was rescued and four Italian miners escaped. The official death toll stood at 362. Of that, 171 of them were Italian migrants. 94 were Slavs from Austria, Hungary, Poland, Czech, Slovakia, Serbia, Russian and Ukrainian. From the explosion along with other disasters, the public would cry out for additional oversight to help regulate the mines. 1910 would see Congress create the United States Bureau of Mines. The goal was to investigate and inspect mines to reduce explosions and to limit the waste of human and natural resources. The Bureau of Mines would also set up field officers to train mine crews, provide rescue services and investigate the disasters when they happened. In 2003, the Italian commune of San Giovanni in Foyera, which many of the miners emigrated from, wanted to commemorate the explosion. They erected a memorial inscribed with a message in Italian. Translated into English, it reads, Least we forget the Calibran miners dead in West Virginia, USA. The sacrifice of those strong men shall bolster new generations. In 2007, we'd see a statue dedicated to the widows from the mining explosion erected. The statue is often called the Manoa heroine. The statue is of a woman named Catherine Davis, who lost her husband in the explosion. For 29 years after the explosion, she would load up coal and dump it in her backyard as a tribute to him. The statue is to show that traditions should never be forgotten. Also in 2007, to mark the 100th anniversary, the Italian region Mollis presented Manoa with a bell which now sits in the town square. From the explosion, a race started to find ways to help those affected by it. Committees were formed. The main one in charge was the Manoa Mine Relief Committee. It was two committees merged together. Once created, it would split up jobs. There would be a subscription committee and an executive committee. The executive one is in charge of raising awareness around the nation about the incident, while the subscription was in charge of getting funds to help those who needed it. Others would help out with a relief fund and they made relief funds of their own to help the cause. The Hero Relief Fund would be one such fund. This was for those who were killed trying to save those trapped, but weren't miners or employed by the mining company. The Hero Relief Fund donated $35,000. The Red Cross would also help out. Margaret Byington would also play a part by surveying the survivors, 
This would allow them to know what the family needed help with. With the Red Cross and Margaret, they would change policies massively. Investigations of the true cause didn't sit a concrete reason. Problems from these investigations did appear. These problems would soon become public and it became apparent that more safety protocols in place were needed to benefit the miners. One issue was that two mines were connected to each other, making it likely of more casualties if an event of a disaster happened. Many states banned it as it was known to be a catastrophe. Even when it came to light as an issue, the mining panel did nothing to phase it out. The next problem was the use of mechanical equipment. This increased the amount of dust in the mines. With increased dust, the probability of a fire was high. West Virginia would have a higher mine death rate than any other state. Nationwide, 3,242 were killed in 1907 due to mine accidents. Decades following, the United Workers of America, Labor Union and sympathetic legislations forced safety regulations which brought a steady decline in death rates all across the country. Thank you all for listening. Next time I'll be looking at serial killer John Wayne Gacy, often called the killer clown. He was one of the worst serial killers in US history, murdering at least 33 young victims. Until then, this was the good, the bad and the pure evil.